Let's see what we've got here. Oh, right back where it belongs. Uh, yeah, that just feels right. Welcome, one and all, to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast for our review of AEW Double or Nothing. I am the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your King of Extreme, Phil KOE, joined by my indomitable broadcast partner, the one, the only. Tony fucking G, your seven-time champion. Title's back here where it belongs, folks. Like, share, subscribe. Those of you watching with us, follow us along on our various social media platforms, Spotify, YouTube, and of course on Facebook at Big Buck and Entertainment. Tonight we are going to be reviewing AEW Double or Nothing. But before we do that, I think, Phil, there's probably a couple things we needed to address. Yes, uh, before this event, this has been a very hard week for the world of wrestling. Uh, there's been a lot of losses in the world of wrestling. Uh, first uh, and foremost, first, uh, Shad Gaspard uh, died literally saving his 10-year-old son. I raise my glass to you on that one, sir. Um, Absolutely. He died much the way he lived as a hero. He had previously stopped an attempted armed robbery. The, he had served as a bodyguard. Um, my condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to the Gaspard family. Uh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And yes, Shad died the way he lived as a hero. So I raise my glass to you, sir. Indeed. <sighs> and unfortunately, to follow that up, we also lost... Uh, jet, rising Japanese female wrestling star Hana Kimura. Uh, apparently, this stemmed from cyberbullying over uh, her reaction to getting her trunks that she wore at Wrestle Kingdom got shrank in the laundry from somebody else when she was a cast member for a Japanese reality show. And the hate that she got in the fallout from that whole uh, that that whole episode apparently snowballed and snowballed. And again, folks, try and take care of one one another, especially in times like these. Like yeah. we could all we could all stand to be a little bit better to the people around us. So uh, if there's nothing else yeah. that can be drawn from that to the Kimura family. I raise my glass to you and my deepest, deepest condolences go out to you all. Hanakamura. Yeah. Only 22. And it's a, it's, mm. it's a, it's an unfortunate reminder that we do need to remember that these, these are entertainers and athletes, but uh, they're also human beings too. And we, we all have feelings. We all have personal issues that we deal with on a daily basis. And, you need to be nicer to one another. That is the unfortunate moral here, but uh, a tremendous loss uh, in both cases. Yes, yes. 
So, unfortunately, this is a much heavier need to say this, but in this sport, the show must always go on, and so we will proceed with the show. So all that being said, folks, we proceed on to our review of AEW's Double or Nothing Pay-Per-View. A much better show than I actually expected it to be. Um, I I will be quite frank. Uh, there was parts of this show that were silly, yes, but honestly, when I was watching it, the one thing that I will say to preface it all is during those three and a half hours that I was watching the show, I forgot all about the fact that we're living in this COVID world. I forgot all about the varying problems that are, you know, everybody's got problems in their lives. Everybody's got mountains and things that they need to face. And for three hours, for three and a half hours, AEW made that all go away. And to that, I must, I must, yes, give applause, my bows. That was an incredibly good wrestling show with the very little they had to work with. So that's how I will preface yeah. the show. Right. Tony, you're enough. Uh, oh, I don't know if I'll be as kind to this show as you are. I, I had some things I liked, and there was a whole lot that I I just wasn't much of a fan of. Uh, I, we'll get into the details of what I mean by that as we move along. But first and foremost, we've got to start with the casino match uh the best money in the bank match of the year by default unfortunately um mostly because the wwe's version wasn't really a match it was a cinematic monstrosity of two matches at once and aew had a chance to kind of fill that void in 2020 unfortunately i, th I think they missed that opportunity in a lot of different ways the uh Match starts out, you know, nothing crazy happens out the gate, but then you get Darby Allen who comes out. He climbs up a ladder and he dives off of this thing with the skateboard from the very top and dives through another ladder, potentially breaking both his legs in the process for a spot for no no good reason. No nobody took a bump other than him. I just I was a huge fan of that spot. And then uh, Orange Cassidy you got about full four to five minutes of Orange Cassidy being basically the center of attention of this match. I understand he's popular amongst their fan base, but it was too much Orange Cassidy. What did you think about that? I'll be honest. Uh, I have been thoroughly entertained by Orange Cassidy in the past, but I'm just going to be frank with you. Um, him dicking around in his stupid tomfoolery about I can't get the I can't get up there. I can't reach the ladder. I don't know how to work a ladder. That was dumb. That that kind of like if I'm going to be honest with you, like I I'll just go ahead and say I know you think it probably wasn't as good. If they would have had the same match but gotten rid of Orange Cassidy and Marco Stunt I think you would have been looking at a four-star match. I honestly do. I don't do. know if I'd go nearly that generous, but 
Okay, the next okay. Big and, note. Get, and get rid of Joey Janela. Okay, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll get rid get rid of like a third of the match, and you're looking at a four-star match, Tony. You see what? Well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm and it, it, if you talk about trying to be kind on the front uh, preface it's kind of like when uh, you hear like a southern grandma go oh bless his heart right before some really bad stuff comes out yeah this is that's what i'm getting at here tony um yeah if you take 45 minutes away of the iron man match it's like a two-star match so yeah that's a great <laughs> and great way to put it i will say though the debut of Brian Cage in AEW was extremely effective. Him coming out with Taz, so immediately he's got some Taz rub, and then he rips that ladder in half, which I was like, okay, yes. Do I know it's gimmick? Yes. Do I care? No. It was awesome, and they smashed him over like a monster because he looks like a monster. He looks the way you would expect a high-level professional wrestler to look. And that's what I'll end. He, the guy can move. The guy is not just a power yeah. wrestler. He can actually move, which is what really impressed me. He, uh, and yes, the right guy won, in my opinion. When Brian Cage came out and smashed everyone else down and really got himself over, yes, it had to be Brian Cage. Well, if you got a few notes here. Uh, yeah, Brian Cage made his debut. He's with Taz. Stop me if you've heard this in AEW. Big monster guy comes out with ex-professional wrestler manager. Who 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 can we think of? God, there's there's nobody else like that on the roster. Um, uh, anywho, let's see. Jake Snake, Arn Anderson, um, Tully. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. we'll get to Tully later, Tony. Let's let's save Tully for. Oh that. yeah. So, yeah, then, of course, uh, Brian Cage climbs the ladder and Orange Cassidy plays sloth on his back trying to reach. Uh, uh, yeah. that, I, uh, I actually like that spot I, because I it was realistic. It was, yeah. well, no, it was realistic. He's a small guy piggybacking and he actually has better reach. And as much as I hate to say it, Tony, I think AEW figured out a way to smash a battle royal or really a royal rumble and a and a ladder match together in a way that actually works if you would have told me going in this is going to be the rules of it i'd have been like oh my god this is going to be a clusterfuck of epic proportions but no they really pulled it off they just kept it to nine people everybody got their shit in everybody had two minutes to really work themselves over and in terms of uh darby allen you're saying it didn't mean anything? I disagree. That meant everything. That was the thing that took him out of the match, and that was the psychology of why he wasn't able to get up the ladder because he's got a bum leg for the rest of the fight. So you're like, well, Darby Allen jumped off a ladder because of course he was going to. You knew that so going Brian, in. Brian, like Cage, Brian Cage needed tiny Darby Allen to hurt his leg to be able to still win that match. Okay, I got you. No, uh, he Havoc needed to have him up on top of a ladder and bench gorilla press him off over. That, I was like, oh my god, Darby just wants to die. Why does Darby just want to, to die that. in the middle of the ring? <laughs> get to that. Uh, or at Havoc least ringside. And... <sighs> Jesus. Okay. 
So Jimmy Havoc, Penelope Ford prevent Orange Cassidy from winning the damn match. Then, of course, you get the best friends come in because we need a cameo from them. Uh, Orange <laughs> Cassidy and Luchasaurus had to have a fucking thing because we don't we don't have enough Orange Cassidy yet. Then Mark was stunt with step stool and the double choke slam on Orange Cassidy because, yeah, this was such a four-star match. That pissed me uh, off. I'll be honest with you. The Marco yeah. stunt thing, I'm like, dude, no. This is fucking horse shit. Let me get up on my little step stool. Like, this is too gimmicky, okay? And it, all it did was make Luchasaurus look stupid doing the choke slam. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it was completely useless. Uh, meanwhile, Bernie Cage is underneath a pile of crap that four guys put on top of him. Uh, Jelly Janella puts a DVD <laughs> on top of that that looked painful for Brian Cage. Um, he finally erupts out of that. He power bumps onto a ladder in the corner in Luchatoris. Uh, then, yes, the spot you were referencing a minute ago, Cage takes Darby Allen on a ladder, teetering in the corner, and then the camera cuts to Taz behind the ladder. You can't even see him. This is going to be a staple of the night. The camera cuts were fucking horrible. Then he takes and he throws the ladder at Darby outside of the ring, uh, nearly killing him. It was ridiculously dangerous and of course uh brian cage wins i don't know i wasn't i wasn't very entertained with this one i'll be completely honest i gave it two stars mm, wow uh i got a feeling have you noticed that you and i seem to have a lot more uh differing ratings on aew events just maybe it's because i was Maybe it's because I was raised old WCW style where very simple things get very big pops. So you, you, you're not like, you're kind of like, why is everybody popping for this? It's just Arn Anderson doing a spine buster. What the fuck? And then you're wondering why I was like, ah! So yes, I, I, understandable, understandable, Tony. But um, I was probably a bit more entertained with this match than you, like I said. If it wouldn't have been for Marco Stunt, Orange Cassidy, and like you said, oh, thank God we had the best friends in this match. Thank the Lord yeah. that we had the best friends. Jimmy Havoc is doing about what I think is appropriate for Jimmy Havoc to be doing. It just kind of running interference in matches, and he can kind of do that. I've seen him in actual matches, and we actually counted it, and he did a total of four moves across an entire like thirty-minute match. So I think he's do he's about he's about right actually. Um, yeah, if you would have taken out Marco Stunt, would have gotten rid of all of that nonsense. And yes, replaced a few guys. You would have had a four-star match here, but it was and shoulda woulda shoulda. I would say a five-star debut for Brian Cage. Um, just like I'm sorry, comes in in a ladder match and rips a ladder in half. It's visually compelling. It's some, it's one of the things that most people are going to remember from the match. Let's be frank. Sure. Uh, and yeah, he won it. I'm gonna give this. Three. Three stars. All right. I can see an argument for that, so I'm not going to debate you in that one. Next up. Whew, this was a match. MJF versus Jungle Boy. This yes. is a fucking wrestling match, folks. This was, this was two guys, incredibly well-trained, with less than a decade of experience, 
between them. Both of these guys are under 25 years old. There was no horse shit gimmicks here. There was no outside interference. It was completely unnecessary. It was just two guys, one playing the babyface underdog, one playing the despicable heel. This was a wrestling match. This is the sports-based wrestling that AEW promised so long ago. A year ago, in fact. Um, so we many other it. things on this card. So many things on this card do not fall into that category, but this match in particular absolutely did. You know, Tony, this was one of those matches, and we'll get to there, that I was thinking, boy, AEW really is putting on a true wrestling presentation with their uh, show here. Now, you know, I might have spoke a little too soon, but we'll get to that. Yep. Uh, yep. MJF versus Jungle Boy, however, as you said, was a great, pure wrestling match of just basic work-the-arm psychology, underhanded, shitty heel who you want to see lose. You want him to see his, him get his ass kicked. I mean, MJF would have been a five-star heel anywhere and really any era of professional wrestling. Like, pluck him from today and put him anywhere 50 years ago or even anywhere 20 years from now. He would just be the perfect quintessential heel. Uh, this match yeah. and Jungle Boy just sold the, ah, my arm. It's just failing on me. I can't get these moves because of my arm. Sold it so perfectly. Yeah, I, I, I think I there was a lot of classic heel and face stuff there. Jungle Boy selling the arm. A lot of vintage back and forth. It wasn't flashy or dangerous, and it looks better than a lot of that crap. And it made sense. It was telling a story. Uh, there was an interesting springboard swing DT that was almost botched, but MJF saved that. One thing I had to note, MJF turned his back on Jungle Boy for springing off of the ropes. He must be hanging out with Kenny Omega a little bit. Uh, the reverse Hurricane Rana on yeah. the ring apron. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, that wow. was that, that was, was pretty nice. Perfect. And yeah, he just Oof. went flat and he didn't move for a long time. That was a uh, yeah, that was one hell of a match. I and it just ended with a wrestling move. It didn't end with some big... There wasn't even any interference. MJF just got the better hold at the best at that time. So, and I I, think that's... I agree with that. I agree with that. But I will say, uh, I was a little disappointed because I wanted him to win with Salt of the Earth because Jungle Boy had been selling the arm the entire match. I thought it really made sense that he wins with the submission there because he'd been attacking the arm the whole time. I get it. It was nice to finish that way. It doesn't happen a lot anymore. But I think all the selling of the arm, it only made sense for him to hit that submission that he's been winning matches with as of late. So what'd you give that, champ? I gave that three and a half stars. I loved that match. I'm going to be a little more generous with than you, and I'm going to give that a uh, four two five. I was thoroughly impressed. It was so smooth. Damn. Uh, it was, like I said, if that's one of those matches that if they'd have given it 10 more minutes and just a little bit more psychology, you'd have been looking at match of the year contender. 
But those two guys, if they stick with AEW long-term, you could get years of main events out of these guys. So they've got a lot more gears to shift from here. So I'm really looking forward to that one uh, just in years okay. to come. That could be their own okay. potential Rock versus Austin. It's They have that good a chemistry. All right. You know... Ah, uh, gosh, I hope you're right because I, I like I like both guys so much. Oh yeah, I think I thought they did such a great job. Jungle Boy's got a lot of potential. MJF, it just doesn't have a bad night. He's just he's good every damn time he's out there. Well, I mean, I he is anything he's done. He is better than most. Let's be frank. I mean, he's no king of extreme, but he is he's pretty good. He's pretty good. So, kids got potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so. Here we go. Uh, this was supposed to be Britt Baker versus uh, Chris Stander, but instead we got Penelope Ford versus Chris Stander. Uh, this is due to on Dynamite, we had Statlander and uh, Sheeta pick up Nyla Rose and dump her on Britt Baker's ankle in the corner. Yep, uh, that was not a safe what spot. The fuck? No, no. No, it was a completely unnecessary botch. Uh, totally stupid. And honestly, so many people got hurt on the go home at Dynamite. Like, I, I can't, I can't stress this enough. These people need to be reined in by themselves. And nobody's out there being a general, directing traffic. And unfortunately, it's it's costing people injuries and spots on the pay per view. Uh, this match, um, oof, I, I, I don't have a lot of notes here. Nothing to write home about. I, I can't stand Chris Statland's gimmick. I, I get it. Some people like this stupid alien She's thing. She's from the Andromeda but... Galaxy, Tony, because that makes complete fucking sense. No. No, I, I can't even. I yeah. Can't. I, I can't with this. Like, honestly, um, I don't know. I no. guess, like, it, it was kind of. She a... dove to the outside on both Ford and Kip, and she almost killed herself. During this match, she's green as fuck. I'm sorry. She has a lot of potential. Swift the gimmick, fine tune her up a bit. She's got a lot of potential. Right now, she's dangerous and her gimmick is terrible. Uh, yeah. Um, Penelope Ford's at least coming along. She's She's got, you know, she's. Give you that. She's, she's a solid worker. I'll give her that. Um, she, you know, she had a match, didn't she, with. This Chris Statlander thing, I'm I'm not into it at all. I'll be honest with you. No. Um, two stars. Uh, you know, and that's that's what I had. I, I like both girls tried. Uh, Statlander with a scary tombstone won the match. I, I gave it two stars as well. I just I don't know. I don't know what the end goal is here. I feel like they're they're trying to get her into a a main event women's championship title picture, and I'm I'm just not seeing it. I mean. It's just not a good gimmick. I, I can't believe that this is the, the sports-based presentation wrestling, yet we have early 90 WWF-style gimmicks. It's just I Well, I mean, Tony, we got to have somebody to have the dominant women's female champion, you know, Nyla Rose, you know, knock over to help her streak continue. Oh, wait, we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, we'll get to that first. We've got to talk about... Cody versus Lance Archer in the first ever TNT championship match. So I I have a feeling you're going to be really, really, really high on this match. 
I'm probably not going to be quite as high. So let's get into this. I've, I've got a lot of notes here. First and foremost, there was a lot of backlash about the belt. Uh, it literally looks like something I made on 2K17. Like, the graphics literally look that way. Supposedly, it's not completed yet, but we'll get into that. Well, no, the, the reason it's not completed, and you got to give them a pass on this, the company that's actually doing the finishing work on that belt has had to repurpose their entire factory to make respirators for the COVID-19 crisis. So... AEW sure. went, you know what? Fair enough. We'll take a silvery belt for the night. You know, we'll we'll go with that. So And that's I, fine. But I, I feel like AEW's had plenty of time before us to get it. I digress. Uh so Archer comes out and does his thing right past Mike Tyson, beats up a guy. Mike Tyson laughs, I guess. Uh Cody eats Archer's big move right out of the gate. Uh, <laughs> Why? Why? Because it shows that Cody's going to be on the back foot for the entire match. Gosh, he's not a mark for himself at all. Uh, Archer was playing Juggernaut very well throughout this uh, early on in the, the match. Juggernaut. <laughs> he countered the springboard with the the springboard cutter with like a big pounce into Cody and just sent him flying. I really liked that. Um, then Cody took a flat back flip on the outside for no good fucking reason. Like, it, it was a nasty thought. I'm like, dude, you're going to hernate a disc that way. There's nobody in the audience. Who is that for? There's nobody in the front row that you needed to impress that fucking badly. Uh, Archer cutting promos on the outside mid-match. Now he decides to talk? Really? The fuck? Like, he, he's had Jake do all the fucking up until this point, even when Jake wasn't in the building. Jake's cutting the promos for him. He's doing it mid-match now. All right, all right. I can I can forgive that. I can forgive that. But um, another great camera cut by the top shelf uh, video and editing crew. Sleepy to Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson. Yawning. Yeah, Mike Tyson's yawning. That's what we cut to. We show Mike Tyson for the first time after the introduction. I was about to say, there's like 50. He's yawning. There's like 40 people around the ring. You have clear view when to when to cut yeah. not to. But whatever. Hey, it's it's Mike. He's there. I'll allow it, Tony. I mean, he was there at WrestleMania yeah. 14, so I, no, he, he, he kind of <laughs> knows wrestling at this point. So I do I do like the way that Archer plays with the camera. It's a big move. He gets in there, he's looking the camera, he says something. I like that. He's he's playing. Big monster here, very well throughout the match. Uh, then you have the DDT and spine buster from both guys to each other in front of Arn and Jake. I liked that little nod. That was awesome. Him. They didn't have to get too heavily involved at this point. It was a nice little nod there. But then you had Cody with a big flurry of moves and Archer's kicking out with authority. That, big flurry of moves? Big flurry of moves? You mean he hit... The bionic elbow, he hit yeah. Dustin's finish, and then he hit his own finish and was still unable to keep the monster down. Let's give the moves a proper respect right. they deserve, so, sir. Uh, yes, so that happens. And then Archer does a top rope, full-length top rope walk from corner to corner. That was impressive. But then for... Absolutely no reason whatsoever. 
arm. Jake jumps up and distracts the referee for no reason whatsoever. He, he there was no rhyme or reason that he just gets up and starts directing the ref for Cody apparently because Arn gets involved. And then he kicks Arn out and for some reason kicks out Jake. Then Jake immediately comes back with a bag that we led to believe that, of course, the the snake is in it. Um, but then I don't you know. get—I I hated this. No, I hated this spot. I hated it. It was convoluted. It made no sense, and it was a. Unfortunately, it was a a Cody match staple. A bunch of outside interference that doesn't have any rhyme or reason to it, and doesn't need to be there to make the match good. It was a bad spot. I didn't like it. But then, yeah, Jake immediately comes back out with the snake. Tyson blocks him from coming out. It was very convoluted. And then apparently, after letting Cody rest for a good straight hour in the fucking ring, it felt like at this point, I guess he hit uh, Archer with a couple crossroads and got the whip. Yes, Tony. I'm sure uh, it was such a bad idea on Cody to, in his own match, Give himself the rub of Arn Anderson, Jake Roberts, and fuck it, throw in Mike Tyson while we're at it. Yeah, I can't see why he would have wanted any yeah, of that. He's not a mark for himself at all. Oh, you him. know. He's only got his horrible neck tattoo on his fucking pickup truck, but I digress. Oh, yeah, that, that, that tattoo. No, 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 Cody. So, but so then so he is. Cody gets the win here. Yes. Uh, I, I, even I have to think, like, boy. Lance is such a monster that I almost think they, there's a good argument to put the belt on him. Yeah, uh, that, that was my thought here. Like, I, all leading up to this match, I'm like, well, obviously Archer's got to win this. Like, they've portrayed him as a monster. They've built him very strongly. It would be terrible and stupid at this point to have him lose. So that's exactly what they did. Cody finally got a belt on himself in AEW. It took a year. But he finally found a way. How did he do it? By building up a monster, by interjecting legend after legend after legend into the storyline. But he finally got that done. So uh, congratulations, Cody. Um, you paid top dollar for Mike Tyson to literally hand you the belt, pat you on the shoulder, and fucking leave. Yep. I did think that yep. Mike did probably stay in there a little short. But at the same time... He was he, sleepy he, anyway. He got his... <laughs> Yeah, he got his pictures of Mike Tyson, basically. Let's be frank. All right, Mike, we're paying you a shit ton of money to basically act like you're impressed. Look at me approvingly and nod. That's what that's what yeah. I need from you, Mike. Um, but, hey, it worked. It worked. It got him over. It got the TN. Well, what would you rate this first, champ? Uh, you know, I... I was a little impressed because I, I didn't expect them to mesh this well. I didn't like their their brawl on Dynamite a little while ago. I just, I don't know. They didn't look in sync, but they got it together here. The match was fine. It had a bunch of unnecessary stuff. I've just got to accept that with Cody matches, apparently, because he's in his own way too much. But I, I, I like the match. I the wrong guy won, but three stars. Hmm. Three stars. Well, Tony, I mean, if we start off at three stars, but then add a half star for each one of the Rhodes moves that Cody hit in succession. So it's a half star for hitting the bionic elbow, then a half star for hitting Dustin's finish, and then 
Another half star for hitting a double crossroads. That lands us at four and a half star match, Tony G. So I'm going to be honest with you. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Nope. Four and a half stars. I fucking loved that match. I was just, uh. I was giggle. I was giddy when Arn knocked fucking Lance Archer off the turnbuckle. I was like, oh, ref, how could you throw out not all Arn? No, not Arn. And yes, I even liked it when Tyson got involved and it was cheesy when he's standing there. Didn't care when he took off his shirt. I was like, fuck yes. And one of the things that made this match work, I'm going to say the real heroes of this show was the working crowd that they had around the ring that actually made it seem like there was some actual life. Like uh, Jim Cornette had a good joke of, good fucking God, you think he could maybe even pay one cameraman to maybe cheer or clap or hooray something, make a little ambience. And yes, this working crowd. Quarter to quarter. I believe I spoke clearly. Okay. This is just like Moxley Omega, Tony. Or no, uh, Moxley uh, Janela. You you didn't agree with me there. You're not agreeing with me here. Let's just we're we're two different humans with two different opinions. Four and a half stars. When it comes to AEW, when it yes, mostly Uh, when it comes to Cody, I've noticed. When it comes to Cody, you and I have some differing opinions. I'd put on a five star match every time. All right, moving well, he was along. close here. I... He was close, but there was a little bit too much hooey, and they didn't have enough time. And I think that the I ending plenty of time. The ending came too I... suddenly. They they needed to really have a bit bigger build if they're going to chop down a big monster like that. That's just me. I uh, think yeah, they even should have had Tyson that. lay in a right on Archer, and that would have actually made it seem much more legitimate. There you Tyson go. laid in a that working right. for his visit. Yep. Oh, I agree. well, I don't think even Tony Khan's got Mike Tyson laying in a working right money. Let's be frank. He only wanted to commit $50 million. And Tyson's, Tyson's rights are pretty expensive. <laughs> All right. We're if you're going on. by time he spent in the ring and punches he threw back in the 90s, yes, his punches were very expensive, Tony. <laughs> Hikaru so, Shida versus Tony, Nyla Rose. is just so thick I could drizzle it over pancakes or replace it with peanut butter to spread it on my sandwiches. Oh man, it is just thick in here. Tony, is there something you'd like to say, sir? Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, what? Uh... My uh, thoughts on this boy. one, um, boy, yeah. this is, uh, Hikaru Shida is a great, uh, you know, really trained, uh, journeywoman wrestler that would be a great setup for Nyla Rose to knock down on the way to Nyla Rose's Goldberg-like streak through the women's division. Be f- perfect. Yep. Is that how that ended? Yep. Nope. Want me to no. walk you through it? Uh, no, well, I, I, I remember it. I just, I remember how it yep, actually I'm gonna, happened. I'm going to walk us through this. I, oh, I, I have notes for some reason in this match. Uh, brawl. 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 Uh, 
she rose toss Sheeta through a poker table and says, always bet on black. Brawl. Uh, more brawl. Camera cut to the ring, zoomed in on nobody, and nobody's in the ring. Brawl. Uh, JR says, Rose has only been wrestling six years. Maybe don't tell people it's been that long. A big cross body on the outside, and camera cuts to the other side of the ring. Brawl. Big running knee into Rose into a poker chip. Not a bad spot. Sheeta plods along, lighting up Rose with a kendo stick, including a brain buster on a kendo stick. They're back in the ring. Uh, clunky after the top rope knee. Rose up top. Sheeta throws the stick at her face. Falcon Arrow takes forever. Two count. Sheeta with a running knee. Two count. Looked like it should have been three, but they were all out of position, including the ref. And then Sheeta hits another running knee after a big kendo shot to the head. One, two, three. And Hikaru Sheeta is the new women's champion, I guess. Yeah. Huh. That was okay. that match. That, that was a match. That it was. Yep. That had great. a bell okay. started at the beginning and a bell that had that denoted the end. That was indeed a match, sir. I gave it two two stars for brawl reasons, I guess. Well, I mean, let's What'd be frank. Uh, it was in the dead spot after that four-and-a-half-star Cody match. The crowd was getting pretty exhausted, so they had to... Give him a rest there. What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, that working crowd of paid employees is getting a little exhausted, so they had to give him a rest. <sighs> this okay. match, on the other hand, uh, wrong result. It was just, a, like you said, there's nothing to yeah. write home about other than going through the poker table. Then she said, bet on black. And I was like, what, what is that even? What? I, I, I didn't get the reference there. Um... Then the, the knee was nice. The running knee into the poker chip, that was neat. Yep. Um, then she had to hit her finish 67,000 times on Nyla Rose to get the one, two, three. Wrong person won. They've just completely flubbed this entire Nyla Rose thing. They, they had lightning in a bottle and just let that go. Uh, one and a half stars. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm, that needs I, to be said about that one. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm Truly, over it already. all that needs to be said. Let's let's move on. Yep, Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes. I will so say... This one, this one was... Uh, I, I get it. It wasn't long. Sean Spears is out in a suit, talks shit with Dustin. They have him play Dustin's music. He doesn't come out. He turns and smiles. There's some nice little heel work. Uh, but then he has the ref start to count out. Music hits again. Here comes Brandy because, of course, she does. She's got to get on TV somehow. Dustin from behind. Holy shit. I liked Match it. I liked the, the I, turnaround I, with John Spears. I liked that whole where he turns yeah, around. Great. And, yeah. That was pretty cool. That was great. And the camera angle shot where it reveals Dustin was actually pretty good. I sure. liked, you know, they, they did what. They worked with the fact that they had a working crowd to work with them. And that was uh, enjoyable. That part was enjoyable. Then, Dustin yeah. Rose proceeded to have a brawn <laughs> panties match with Sean Spears. What the fuck? Including a bare ass slap. 
Yes, yes, because, you know, a little homage to the fact that he had to be the bizarre one for, like, almost a, you know, quarter of a century. So, <laughs> oh, man. And, of course, we've got to mention Tully Blanchard's cameo in this match. Yes, he made an appear. This, like, honestly, this would have been a really good match had they just left that out. Had they just not had the Tully Blanchard boxers. Okay, that was... Yep. That was Tully's uh, face on Sean's penis. That was great. Yep, love that. Yeah, so, hits, hits the finish, gets the one, two, three. I gave it two stars. Gave it two stars. Well, I'm being a little conservative with this one, Tony, and I'm just going to give this four, two, five. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding on that one. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Okay. Fuck you. Yep. Yep. There we go. That's what I was after. Right there. Okay. Uh, now, now, you're actually right on. This was a two star match. There was a lot of hooey, but they got their shit in, and uh, Dustin got himself over, and Brandy got herself on TV. So <laughs> that that's was really the goal of every pay per view. <laughs> <sighs> How can the roads right, get themselves on. over? Are you shocked the roads are getting themselves over on a roads owned pay per view? I mean, really? <laughs> Almost never, Phil. On to the world title match <sighs> John Moxley versus Brody Lee. Since Holy you're going to probably shit all over this, let me intro this. Um, okay. Brody Lee comes out. And when he opens up his coat and he shows the world title and he looks into the camera, I can just see on his face, hey guys, hey everybody still back to WWE? How y'all doing folks? Yep, I just left. Look at me now. <laughs> and then he walks down to the ring. Yeah, you just look, look at you not actually be the champion. Congratulations, Brody. You, you really Tony. I, he left a tag team jobber to now a guy in the main event scene in the matter of a few months. That's something to brag about. So I could, ju I could just see that in his eyes. Now, that is the one thing I will give Brody. He has very emotive eyes. That's one of the things that compelled him when he was Luke Harper. They even had his little Minitron banners just like his eyes because he's got very compelling stares. Um... When he came out, I liked the fact that there was the the line of security. I liked I liked the fact when John Moxley came out, he uh, had a you know, he was really looking the part, looked like a you know like a viper ready to strike. I mean, he just looked coiled. It looked like there was tension here. And when the match started, I I'll be honest, I liked it. I was I was thoroughly entertained. I liked the fact that Brody was really getting himself over. I liked the fact that he really wouldn't stay down and that it took a chokehold to get him down. I liked the fact that he also used uh, you know Bruiser Brody's big boot. That was kind of cool. So there, there, okay. there was a lot that I liked in that match. I even liked the through the the rampway dirty deeds or whatever he's calling it this week. Um, okay. Sure. Sure. So Tony yep. proceed to shat upon. 
Okay, so uh, yeah, they're obviously very familiar with each other from the independence, from WWE, and now here. Uh, everybody does a dive, including these two fucking guys. The heavyweight champion, the guy bigger than him. They all have to do a fucking dive, because why Why wouldn't they need to do a dive? Uh, they're outside of the ring for what feels like an hour. Uh, there was a nice little spot on the guardrail. I did like that, but there's no rules here. I, there were supposed to be rules. I, I don't think there was any classification that this was a no-DQ match, but for some reason, they're outside for an hour. Uh, Brody's got a dozen guys out there, but for some reason... Mux dinks around with the, the ring steps, trying to get him in position, and then they just kind of cooperatively go onto the steps, and he backdrops Brody through the ring bell table. Like, yeah, you couldn't have one of the close. fucking... That one was close. Yeah. I mean, Brody damn near cracked his head on that one. That was all Brody flipping yeah. himself over. Like, but now that's the thing. Brody's up. A- Big some bitch. What the hell was Moxley thinking that? Oh yeah, and I'll just back body drop your three hundred and twenty pound ass over my head. Yeah, no problem. I like how Jr. said yeah, no. he's one rack of ribs away from three hundred pounds, folks. Like that was just a great. And I agree. the The big boot was really nice. I like that spot. Uh, yeah, the paradigm shift through the stage ramp. Uh, Brody's completely busted open. Two more paradigm shifts, kicks out of both pretty quickly. They're not protecting Mox's finish here at all. And then for no discernible reason, uh, John Moxley won with a super hold. Had to choke him out. After all that build, after all that build. He had to uh, choke him out. uh, Dark Order and the Exalted One and this i get didn't want i didn't think brody lee needed to win the title here but no uh, i don't think have been john right mock should have won this with a fucking sleeper hold how am i right i i understand the ideal here but you just buried him you just fucking buried i this guy. disagree i disagree because it showed you're he welcome couldn't, to. he couldn't keep him down with a standard wrestling maneuver. It took straight up choking him unconscious to get the W. And now you've got a new guy that's a gate holder to the main event. So that you got a okay. big guy that that's that's a hell of a lot better sitting than where he was just a couple months ago. So if I were yeah, him, what are you gonna I'd do with him now? Smash him over a couple of guys and he'll eventually challenge for the title again. It's not that yeah, hard. Do it in a cage. Highly you only it. got me. You only got me because of all the hooey around the ring. Well, when we were in the ring, I had you. And so we're going to do this in the cage. There you go. That's what you do with them. Mm. So what did you that give this? Good. What did you give this? Oh, uh, hater of AEW. I didn't, it's not that I hate AEW. It just I don't. They either overthink things or they don't think enough about them. I I don't know. I really I was disappointed in this because both these guys know each other so well, and there was it was just spot after spot after spot, and some of them didn't even look remotely genuine. Genuine. So I wanted more here. I I think they needed to focus a little bit more on actually having a match instead of just doing. See, this is the thing. Like they're so unhappy in WWE, Dean and. Uh, you know, Harper work, right? Get me out, because I, I want to be myself. I want to do my my own 
have my own ideas for my matches. Well, some guys need to be reeled in. And this is a perfect example of that. They tried to do a bunch of spots and it lost me. Uh, 2.75. Hmm. Wow. That's pretty harsh in my opinion. Uh, again, uh, I, I was, I was entertained. You're going to disagree, but three and a half. I, I, yeah, I, Mm-mm. I dug it. I dug it. Uh, it, it conveyed what it was trying to convey to me anyways. I, I'll, you might not okay. have dug it, but I totally did. So, all right. So, well, boy, I can't wait for this one then folks. Uh, we are finally here. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, okay. So the stadium stampede, Let, let's, I, I didn't even take notes here. This was going to uh... be Frank. You're not going to like this team, but at first it wasn't catching me, but by the second half of it, I liked this match. It really, like, I liked when Jericho, like, I want to call back on the play. I Like when they had to go into the referees. Boom, so, look back uh, on the play, and they were doing the Northern Lights suplex for a hundred yards, and he got a and he got a yellow flag for excessive Alex Wright celebration. At that part, at that point, Tony, I was laughing my ass off. I was like, okay, god damn it, this has me. And then top it all off, Hangman Page, Jake Hager have a classic Western bar fight where literally Hangman gets run across the bar. That had me. Kenny Omega shows up out of nowhere, bends over, and helps with the slingshot lariat. So Hangman was able to get it on Jake Hager and take him out. And then Kenny Omega and Hangman Page have a drink between themselves coming back together because this is a time for solidarity in these trying times. So my recollection of this match goes a little differently. Uh, It was a clusterfuck. You got these guys all coming out in football gear. The rings are the middle of the football field. You've got the cheerleaders. You've got the team captain, sir. I mean, come on. And those were the numbers that his father actually played under when he was a professional hockey player. So that was kind of neat. And also, before you shit on it, I just got to say, Sammy Guevara was one of the MVPs of this match. That was, he, he did incredible. I'll, but anyways, I'll get there. I'll get there. And he did start out hot uh, when Hangman finally decided to show up after the fucking Lord of the Rings clash at the very beginning. Guevara gets chased out of there by Hangman on the horse. Guevara, yeah, he really did bring an A game to this one. He's, He's really kind of shined in this role as asshole comedy bit. I, I'll give you that. He disappears. Hangman gets lost and decides, fuck it, I'm going to go to the bar. He's gone. Then, uh, Jesus, it, this might as well have been an elimination match. The fucking, oh, God. Okay, Ortiz and fucking Matt Hardy. That part you do notice I... Uh suspiciously you left out of that my, one? You, you? you'll notice that i uh suspiciously left that one out of my positive praise for this match that was the one point where i was like 
Okay, so this pool is filled with the waters of the lake of reincarnation. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, so no. Matt powerful. Hardy's going to smear double his team. Matt Hardy all over this. Proud and powerful double team Matt Hardy. And there's a pool in this uh, football stadium because, of course, there is. And, yes, they do. They drown him. They drown him, and they bring him back up. But there's a camera in the water, and it cuts to him going, ah, doing his thing underwater, and he comes up as a different iteration of Matt Hardy every time. This was fucking ridiculous. He's wearing different clothes. This is so stupid. I'm. So, I, this is not getting me at all. Uh, but he takes one of them, and he duct tapes him to the fucking wheelchair. Then he throws the other one in the ice chest and locks This will help so those... your... In... No, he had one of the better lines with that one. Here you go. This will help your inflammation. Like, that was when yeah. he threw him in the ice chest. I'm sorry, Tony. Even that, I hate to say, that even got me back. Like, I was... I was not a fan of the whole hearty nonsense, but that even, like, ah, damn it. Got me back. I need something stronger. Oh, my. Fuck it. How about some rye? Okay, right. so. Um, yeah, the bar fight. I did enjoy the bar fight a little bit. It was, it wasn't bad. I, I liked Hager walks in. We here to drink or fight? Well, both. So he pours him a drink, slides it over to him. They take the drink, then they they had a bar fight. I I, I would have liked to seen this segment maybe on Dynamite, not not in the middle of this match. I get it though. This was what this match was. The bar fight was fine. I liked it. They dispose him and Omega come together, like you said, and they dispose of Hager. Oh boy. Okay. Now we've got Jericho. Who does a bunch oh, of? Oh yes, I almost forgot his Judas effect. Bunch of goofy <laughs> ass shit. The mascot gets the Judas effect because, of course, it did. He he challenges the call with Aubrey. Calls her a shitty ref. Fuck me. And yeah, the Bucks do the fucking jumps off the goalpost and the hundred yard Northern Light soup. Like, God damn it. That took me completely out of it. Like, Jesus Christ. Nobody believes this for a I second. It. Like, if you were going to show somebody that doesn't watch wrestling one 10 minute strip of wrestling, this would be God. what you show them because it would actually get them into it. They'd see, like, okay, no. this is actually no. pretty funny. This is disagree a hundred percent. Disagree a hundred percent. Jericho fucking wears a traffic cone on his head. Uh, makes a goofy face. He gets taken out, and Hangman drives the line marker across his penis. <laughs> and Jericho's done. That. So, that so awesome. now we've just got Samu Guevara. He's flopping around on the field after the Northerns, and he gets the automatic sprinkler to the face. He sells, getting, he sells getting beat up by a sprinkler. This kid is yeah, brilliant. He's fucking brilliant. So Yeah, that I, was yeah. good. So he then he gets chased down on the golf cart again by Hardy and Omega. He gets away. He finds his way up top onto a thing. Omega gives him the one-winged angel off of it through a fucking... Off of the stands through a platform and there you have it that was the match the elite win the stadium stampede thing um this wasn't a match this was a fucking cinematic match and i will not be grading it on a match scale 
Go ahead. Well, Bill. I mean, we did for the Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match. I I, that, I rated those on a cinematic scale. Um, what was your cinematic rating on that, sir? On the Boneyard, I want to say it was an A minus, maybe an A plus. It was an A for sure. The Firefly Funhouse, I I may have gave given a B plus or an A minus. I don't remember. I, was I so gave. Confused. Them- I gave them both five stars because I was just the uh, the money in the bank match. I gave like a C plus, so I think I gave the Firefly Funhouse a B plus. This one, I'm like, if I wanted to sit down and watch it again and I wanted a good laugh, I, I could do it, but I, I'm not sitting down to watch this for wrestling. Like this was the culmination of the the stable versus stable. That's what happened here. I I uh, hope this isn't the end because it wasn't the way to send this thing off. Oh no, we'll uh, get I'll the blood it. and guts match when the crowds come. Back. Maybe, maybe. Oh, that's that's uh, happening. I'll, I'll give this a C on a cinematic scale. I ugh, wasn't a wrestling match. Uh, it wasn't as good as the Boneyard match. No, not even close. It was as good in a different aspect than the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh... It was universes better than the Money in the Bank match. I think it was equally as good, if anything. It was just as comedic and stupid. It was. There's a difference between bad comedy and good comedy, okay? Big fucking difference. Oh, give me a break. Fuck me. Come on. Because it it matters what the logo on the fucking thing was. Those were identical matches with different guys. It was the same type of humor. It was the same exact fucking sports entertainment crap that AEW swore against. That's what this was. It was just independent guys doing it with their independent humor instead of the sports entertainment guys-based humor. That's the only fucking difference. This was not a wrestling match. And all the AEW fanboys pining over this thing need to fucking look themselves in the mirror and admit that this was no better than the fucking Money in the Bank match this year. Give me a fucking Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who had the best clusterfuck match of them all? It was AEW this particular time. Wow, what a fucking, what a mountain you climbed, AEW. My God, you really set the bar high. Tony, you are really, really not going to like this, but this is also a great match to show people who are diehard football fans that, you know, wrestling is willing to kind of play around with the the concepts of sports and trying to reach across the aisle a little bit to other folks that like other forms of entertainment. Yes, like my brothers who are huge football fans, I'm going to show them about five, ten minutes out of this match, and they're actually going to dig it just because I know their sense of humor. Uh, You're really not going to enjoy my rating, Mr. G. I am going because I was thoroughly entertained. I really liked it. It conveyed everything it needed to. It told a compelling story. I was hooked through the whole damn thing, and I couldn't help it. And like I said before, for the hour this match was going on, all the varying drama in one's life, all the things that could be happening, this whole corona nonsense that we're all living through, none of that fucking mattered. None of that all went away way for an hour and it was just me 
on my tablet enjoying the shit out of this match. And you're gonna hate me, Tony. Don't care. Wash me in your judgment. Bring it four and a half. Yep. Yep. Four and a half stars. I fucking loved that match. Chris Jericho probably alone made that a four and a half star match. Just his performance alone. And then you add everything else to it. Yeah, I'm not. Sammy Guevara selling for the fucking sprinklers. I'm sorry. Like, this was, and it worked in every football convention. The young bucks running down the steps to get the, the splat. Like, yes, Tony, I was, to oh. quote the gladiator, are you not entertained? I was thoroughly entertained. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad for you. You you don't agree, Miss Mister G? Not even remotely close. This was not a match. This was a cinematic clusterfuck. C. No, I'm, C. I'm, I'm, no. C. It's no different than any of the crap that WWE's doing. It's just not. And you know what? Another year or two of this, and I, I think the fucking even the hardest of hard AEW fans are going to wise up to it. They need to get back to the wrestling that makes them better I, than the WWE. Yes, and that's the guys like MJF and Jungle Boy, what they put on. That there was, you but Tony, Cody, if he doesn't I'm get in his going, own way. Uh, yes, but I'm going to disagree with you here on their presentation. It's not the exact same, because WWE, when they had to get rid of their crowds, they downsized and they got everything as small as they could to try and cover for the fact that there's no crowd. AEW, on the other hand, went as big as they possibly could. We're going to have people in the arenas. We're going to fill it with noise. And we're also going to go have a match where we basically ruin a football stadium. Like that, you can't really get much bigger than that. And so, you know, when WWE is doing everything it can to bring its camera shots and pans in as tight as possible to cover for the fact that there's no crowd. AEW is bringing you an entire wide football field worth of calamity and chaos and compelling television to watch. And so that's why I say I don't agree that. with you. I'll give you that, but it doesn't make that match that good. So we'll have to agree to disagree and revisit on the same oh, matches at the end of the year, which this will be in. You know, I don't ever agree to disagree. That's 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 un, that's unfair of you, sir. Well, we'll agree to I, disagree on that. Well, I don't agree to disagree. I never agree to disagree, and that's just something that's okay. that people say when they don't have better arguments against the King of Extreme. So uh, I don't need to argue. That wasn't a wrestling match, and we were a you know wrestling podcast. So yes, you it go was... ahead and fight the good fight for that one, Phil. Congratulations. Thank you, Chris Jericho. For thank you, Kenny Omega, Sammy Guevara, all the elite and all the inner circle. Thank you for putting on an incredible match. Still more wrestling that you find there in that match, and you'll find on quite a bit of sports entertainment. So there's still a hell of a lot more wrestling to be found there. Thank you for putting on something that thoroughly entertained me, anyways. Like I said, I was able to forget about this whole weird, wild, wacky world that we got here for at least an hour. And that's what y'all are trying to do, and you accomplished it perfectly. So thank y'all, gentlemen. So, Tony, is there any, any last things you'd like to say about this particular match? No, I'm, I'm, I'm completely over it. 
Oh, you're over it. Ouch. All right, folks. Well, as I am known to say around here, all that being said, this has been our review of AEW. Double or nothing. I am the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your king of extreme, Phil KOE, signing off and handing it off to my indomitable and clearly elated podcast partner in agreement. Tony fucking G. Again, follow us on all the social media platforms, but thanks for joining us on this one. We will see you again soon. Hey, folks.